Welcome back to Three Count Life. This is episode number four. I'm Maria and joined with me is Kyle and Chris. And I'm going to jump right into my favorite match from AEW tonight, Dynamite, or it was MJF, you know, of course, because (laughs) I'm an MJF fan. Um, MJF versus Billy Gunn, of all people. Um, I don't really know why this match came about or what the, where the storyline is going with it. I thought it was going to be MJF and um, Jungle Boy, but it turned out to be an okay match. Um, MJF is still undefeated. If you don't like it, that's not my problem. I'm happy for him. Um, that was my favorite match, and I'm going to let you guys go into it. What what was your highs and lows of Dynamite tonight, Kyle? Yeah, I, I enjoyed Dynamite as a whole. I liked the MJF gun match. Uh, I really enjoyed the main event with the Sex Gods and the Best Friends. And oh. the fact that... What? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Where are you going with it? I, was, I want to hear what you got to say. I was just saying, I really that was that was my favorite part. I really enjoyed that main event match, so I thought it was uh, it was well done, a lot of fun, and I was surprised the best friends won, to be honest. Mhm. Okay, and can we talk about Orange Cassidy being the cameraman? Cause that yeah, that's was, where I was going. <laughs> okay, that's where I thought you were going. That was Fucking great. I love that. Like, so he's at, you know he's got the AEW uh, COVID mask on, and he just <laughs> casually gets in the ring. He's the coolest dude ever. And, uh, you know, Jericho about craps himself when yep. he sees him there. So that, that was awesome. And he really gave it to him, too. Yeah, he did. He did. I was surprised. Yeah. But it was really good. Yep. Chris? Yeah. Uh, let's see. My highlights from this episode's uh, got to be the Britt Baker promo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to call it a promo? Well, but, she was uh, on the side. The kidnapping of Britt Baker. Well, and uh, also okay. put, putting her and Tony's friendship, friendship on. Uh, in a timeout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah friendship, friendship timeout. timeout. That was epic. Uh, I I'm intrigued with uh, Anna J. I I yeah I've been I've been you know I've been interested intrigued in, in her matches. I know she's you know fairly new, still kind of green or whatever. But I. I, I wasn't even thinking. She wasn't even on my radar to be a prospect for the Dark Order. And as soon as that music hit, I was like, wow, okay, this could actually, you know, amplify her greatly and put her into into a decent spotlight if they do this right. Yep. So that was another that was another massive highlight um, from this episode. And I, I was I was pleasantly surprised by the um, who was it? Ricky Starks uh, with mm-hmm. the NWA um, for the T- TNT Championship match. It's kind of weird the whole you know construct of why that match came about. He's not even with the company, or, or, or is he out of the NWA now? He's a free agent. Is that what he said in his promo? Yeah. Did y'all catch that? Yeah, he's a free agent now. Okay. Well, hey, sign this dude up because uh, he's pretty fucking awesome in my opinion. So that that was probably that was probably my favorite match of the night to be honest with you. Okay. And Kyle, actually, I think you had mentioned how excited you were about Anna Jay and the Dark Order, correct? Yes. And that's my fault for not bringing that up because you guys got me thinking about somebody else. 
Wait, prior to, to the show. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm super stoked about anything Dark Order. I love, but yeah, it, like Chris said, it's really going to amplify Anna J, and and I think that would be just incredible. Really, I think it would just be incredible. Okay. All right. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing her with Dark Order. I have to say that. I mean, it'll be good for her. But who did she face? Um. Abandon? Abaddon. A- yeah. Abaddon? Okay. Mm-hmm. I had to ask Scarf what MJF, at MJF Scarf, sorry, what her name was, but it didn't come across right. But she scared the shit out of me. <laughs> that was the first time you saw her? Yeah, that was the first time oh, I saw okay. her because remember I think I've, she's been on a, a couple episodes of AEW Dark. Right. Uh, and prior to I, this, yeah. I haven't been too into everything with a lot of stuff going on lately. I haven't been around a lot to keep and keep up, and I'm I'm back in the game. But well, that's why you didn't know the, how the Billy Gunn match came about. Because yes. last week it was just some kind of mix up last week, you know, in our well, I know over yep. yeah. I know that because I'm an MJF fan, but I didn't think it would, you know. I, I don't match. Yeah, like I was kind of yeah. like, eh, it's just really it was kind of just a filler match, just to buy time and and just uh you know push on the whole Jurassic Express versus them thing. But anyway, back to but, Abaddon. What you were yeah, saying? Yeah, Abaddon. Wow, she scared the shit. I'm like, who is this scary lady? And you know what? I'm intrigued by her because I, she is like the epitome of a horror film. Yep. And I love horror, so I combine that and I. I want to see her more. I definitely do. So it yeah, was a quick, cool. quick match, but you know, the ending obviously was for Anna J, but she really intrigued me. Something pulled me in about her. Ab- Abaddon. Right. Yep. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I was, uh, I was super intrigued and you know, I'm a huge horror fan. It reminded me of the ring when she came crawling out of the, the tunnel. Yeah. Um, it was a quick match, but. <laughs> Yeah, it was a quick match, but I think I think it did a great job of highlighting both of them, especially the ending, right, for Anna. But I, I think I think Abaddon will be around a lot more now. Um, I hope so, anyway, on Dynamite. Yeah. I think she will. I definitely think she will. I definitely think she's going to go um, places in the women's division. Now, I want to get into the lows. What were your lows for the show? Somebody, anybody. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I mean, QT Marshall is about it. I can't stand the dude. You're not a big fan. Nope, not yeah. a big fan at all. Didn't like. I really didn't even like the match. It's kind of just. I don't know if he's involved. If Ali's involved, they're on my television screen. I don't <laughs> care. Kenny Omega's in the fucking match, and I don't even care about the match because he's right there. That's how bad. That's we- how bad it is to me. You know. Right, and he kind of knew that was going to be a, a win for the champions, right? Kicking the show off. You know, Hangman was already in the ring when the show started. Yeah. So it was, yeah, so you knew that was going to kind of go that way. I would say that was a that was probably the low from me as well, because overall the show as a whole was, was very entertaining, except that the first match was just weird. And then, like, every other tag team got involved. It was it was just strange. Yeah, and that's, that's a totally different... Um... Uh, normally for AEW shows, they start off high octane. The first match, we always talk about it on our podcast. We say the first match is high octane, hard hitting, great. 
this time it just everything else was great but the opening songs in my opinion so it was like a role reversal i think i'll have i'll have to agree with you on the low yeah i can't really think of any other uh segments or matches that were a low um that that really just it, it was a slow start to the show as a whole Okay. That's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that was my only low that I can uh, really recall. Are you on board with that, Kyle, or did you have something else? No, I, I completely agree. I, okay. I thought the the whole show was really good. It, it was just I, I I just felt like it was just a you know throwaway. They they have this match for the title. We have all this stuff laid out for the show. We got to put this somewhere, right? So, mm-hmm. um, it just kind of. That that was the low, but I I really enjoyed every other aspect of it though. That As, Moxley promo though, Jesus Christ, he yeah. gets me every time with his promos, man. He's got demons, bad ones. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely uh, been he got chills when he said that. Yeah, he's definitely been reborn. I'm 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 just I, yeah I'm the same way. I'm still just thrilled anytime he does anything. <laughs> yeah. It just a vignette uh, satisfies me. It's crazy. Yeah. So we're all in agreement that John Moxley is better than Dean Ambrose. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, I just had to throw that in there as a random. Um, moving right along. So Dynamite is good. It's always good. Um, there are highs and lows, as every wrestling show has. Some wrestling shows one week might have more lows than highs. We all know that. Um, We love all wrestling. So we just happen to talk about Dynamite more because we record on Wednesday nights. Just putting that out there Um, for everybody who listens. I don't want to be, oh, this is an AEW heavy podcast. Maybe it is a little bit, but guys can agree with me. We record right after Dynamite, so it's fresh. Um, 100%. Yeah, I mean, we still watch WWE. And I want to talk about us. Like, who are your guys' favorite wrestlers? Give me one wrestler from AEW, WWE, and the indies. If you have an indie, favorite indie wrestler. Some people don't watch the indies, and that's okay. Um, and by indies, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lumping Ring of Honor, MLW, you know, even though they're on TV, it's right. still kind of indies. They're still interchangeable. Um, give me one and give me a brief reason why one of them is your favorite. And Kyle, I want you to start because I kind of know. <laughs> okay. My, my well, AEW one might might throw you for a loop. Okay. And, and and sorry, instead of can I do an impact one as well instead of yeah indies? oh yeah any any yeah okay. I'm I meant like you know I I I'd say WWE and AEW right. because they're the most predominant but and right. from anywhere okay uh, AEW is Sammy Guevara oh I think, okay I, I think the guy has it you know I was a huge I was a huge Eddie Guerrero guy um you know I, I grew up in the Monday Nitro era so. Always an Eddie Guerrero guy, and I think Sammy is is a uh, could could really kind of be similar to that. And WWE Sasha Banks, <laughs> I'm just that I'm we, that's fan. the one we knew. <laughs> yes, uh, I just I, I think she's she's got it all. I mean, I think she's a very underappreciated 
wrestler. Uh, we all know her mic skills are incredible. And I'm going to say Impact and Tessa Blanchard just because she's the total freaking package as far as a wrestling okay. talent. Okay. And so those are your top three. Yeah, I think so. Is there anyone you want to, like, dive into more? Or is Sammy the one you kind of gave the whole, like, you know, back reasons for it? Well, yeah, I mean, just Sammy, like, you know, he, he he's grown on me quite a bit. And I think just just the guy gets it, you know, and you can tell he's being coached by one of the best ever in Jericho, right? So that's, that's um, a great point. He was coached yeah, Sammy, by Jericho. man, I'm just telling you right now, Sammy's he's just got it. And, uh, and, and, you know, I can list a bunch that I love and, um, but I, I just, I, yeah, that's from AEW, but I really think that, um, as a wrestler, um, like Sasha Banks, for example, I don't, I think lately because she's been doing a lot more, um, and the whole being Bailey's lackey thing is kind of taken away from her, but I think she's a very underappreciated talent, honestly. If you had to pick between Sasha or Tessa as being the best female performer, who would you go for? Oh, man, that hurts. <laughs> Do we have uh, to come back? <laughs> yeah, I might need to take some notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, well, can, we can get back to that, actually. Yeah, Let... I, I don't want to give a full biased answer, like, right off the top of my <laughs> okay. head. We might have to dedicate another episode to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you right. think about that, and Chris can give us his. All right. Uh, let me think. So as far as AEW goes, I I mean, I'm going to be the cliche guy. Kenny Omega, best bout machine. I, I really have to go with him just from his, his not just AEW sing, singled out, but his body of work. Everything is done. His, his his matches with Okada in New Japan. Everything he's every single time he comes, he gets in the ring. It's fluid. It's it's fast. It's 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 fast paced. It's hard hitting. He always gives it a hundred percent. He's just epic. He's, he just ha- has this epic feel about him. And I know a lot of people said he lost that when he came to AEW, but I'm I'm in the I'm on the side in the boat of people that doesn't feel that way. He's 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 providing experience and knowledge to other talent inside of the industry to to kind of you know help them along right now. That's where he's at in his career. So I think he's just an all around the best. With a close second being Darby Allen, only because when I was a, when I was a kid and I was watching WCW back in the day, I was a huge fan of Sting, and Sting, you know, would come out of the rafters and come out from wherever he was from, and he had this you know mysterious aura about him, but he still had that you know kind kind of like old school don't give a fuck attitude, and Darby Allen puts a brand new spin on it with the way he presents himself and his aura but still has that same kind of attitude. It's like, a, you know, the, the, the 2020 or, you know, this day and age version of, of, of Sting, I guess you can say. You make a good point on that. I never actually thought about it in that way. Yeah, that's, a, that's how I pieced it together in my head. I, I saw just somebody on Twitter one day say that, and I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. It really struck yeah, a chord dude. with me because that was a huge, you know, I was thinking back to my childhood, and that was a huge uh, piece of, wrestling history in my head that stuck with me forever you know i had all sting shirts 
Um, I even did a giveaway on my Twitter page one time with some sting, uh, sting, a sting shirt in the, uh, you know, for winning the raffle I did on Twitter and stuff, all my old school, uh, memorabilia I had from that. But, uh, anyway, um, that was AEW. Um, as far as WWE goes, I think out of us three, I watch it the least, to be honest with you. Um, now, not NXT excluded. NXT is going to be separate. But WWE, if I had to pick somebody in WWE, I got to pick Kevin Owens. I just, he's just, he's just a hard ass worker. And mm-hmm. he always puts on a show. He is one of the best on the mic. He's one of the funniest guys. And he's one of the, the most genuine people on, on that promotion, in my opinion. So I got to go with Kevin Owens. Um, on that front nxt um is nxt uh, your outer choice of out of like you know there's aw wwe and then you have one more um okay so we're lumping nxt with the indies is that what you're saying we can okay well uh okay Let's not do that route. Let's not go that route then. Don't go that route right now. We, we yeah. have more episodes we can get right. into NXT deeper. Indies. Indies, my favorite indie performer, um, has to be Will Ospreay. Just from the matches he's put on, the how young he is versus the talent he actually has. Uh, just everything, everything about him just screams, you know, he, he, he knows what he's doing and he is, he is like a younger version of, of Kenny Omega and he's only going to get more refined and possibly could surpass Kenny Omega in his legendary status. So that's my, that's my indie pick, I guess you could say with Tessa Blanchard probably being a close second and Marty Skrull being a close second as well. <laughs> you, you have like, you literally picked like five. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 I could pick more, but okay. I made one day <laughs> we'll on one day on Twitter. I made a Mount Rushmore. I did my past Mount Rushmore and I did my future Mount Rushmore. And on my future Mount Rushmore was Kenny Omega, Tessa Blanchard, Will Ospreay, Marty Skrull, uh, and Darby Allen. Those are my that's my Mount Rushmore, and I put five in there just because I didn't give a fuck. But that was my that was my future Mount Rushmore. So okay, so I have to ask. Um... Actually, the whole Mount Rushmore, we actually will do on another episode. Um, just keep that in mind, guys. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that'll be cool. I want to go back to Kyle. And has he thought about the Sasha or Tessa? I have. Okay, give it to us. And I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to throw it out there. I, I'm going to say Sasha Banks. Okay. I, uh, it's fair. And, and, and it's not just, I mean, we, we all know Tessa's just incredible, right? I mean, she's the champion. Um, but, like, from an entertaining standpoint, from, you know, the mic skills, the in-ring work. One thing I love about Sasha is it seems like most of the other talent don't have anything but good things to say about her. Um, you know, she really sells matches. Like, I love it when she's a savage, ruthless heel, but she also plays an incredible baby face. And I, I think that 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 range is why I go Sasha Banks there. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, Sasha's a good performer, and I have nothing against her personally. Right. I mean, 
she gets the damn job done. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't easy. Don't don't get me wrong. That wasn't easy. But yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, I, I will admit that I I am a huge um, fan of the boss. I just she she's just uh, very entertaining all the time. You know. I. I don't disagree with that. I think she does make for better TV. When when she was gone, it kind of got a little stale. When she came yeah. back, yeah, I agree. Um, so Maria, we know your AEW favorite. So what's your other favorite? I think everybody who knows me <laughs> knows yeah, my. Yeah, 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 yeah. We get it. You can move on from that one. <laughs> my favorite, uh, AEW's MJF. Yeah. I don't need a backstory for that. It's no. calculated on Twitter. Um. <laughs> In for my indie pick, it's well, you know, in Ring of Honor, it's Flip Gordon. This, these three have been my favorite, and the next one is obviously AJ Styles. These three have been my favorite for I don't know how long now. I I've never strayed away. Um, they're my top three. Uh, I wanna, I would like, I think I pick Flip because. I just see something in him. His his in-work performance is really good. Um, the only thing, I absolutely adore him as a wrestler. Uh, the only thing is he gets injured a lot, and that scares me a little bit. Sometimes I'm like, no, don't be injured again. Uh, yeah. But that's because he takes a lot of high-risk moves. I, I don't know, Kyle, if you've watched a lot of him. Um, I think Chris. Yeah, is- yeah. You have. Yeah, he does take a lot. <laughs> right? He <laughs> the, does. The guy, the guy puts himself through the ringer. He does. And, um, you know, I'm not, we're not, another episode, we could talk about his documentary and everything because I am a big fan. But uh, he's my top pick because I think he definitely has a future in the business as long as he doesn't get hurt anymore. Um, yeah. Love you, Flip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. There's no question my favorite wrestler that I have the utmost respect for is AJ Styles. Um, there, I just have, there's, I'm ending it on that because he is just, he is fucking phenomenal. Um, he is the wrestler of the decade and there aren't many people who can do what he's done. And especially at his age, too. Still going. I know he's close to retiring. But let me bring that into the fact that he now won the Intercontinental Championship. Yes. Yep. Does that make him a Grand Slam champion? Though? That's what I wanted to ask. Uh, he's had the United States Championship. He's had the, um, not the Universal, but he had. Oh, I didn't think so. He yeah. had WWE Championship. Now he has the Intercontinental Championship, but does he need the Tag Team Championships to be yeah. a Grand Slam champion? Which I, I think he's on a paper, singles, on paper, yes, that's, he's a singles uh, wrestler. So maybe that's not going to happen, or maybe when he's getting a little closer to retiring, they give him that. I think so. Maybe as a you know, go back to a face turn, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if that'll be the case, but I, I definitely see in the realm of possibility of him getting the Grand Slam by winning the uh, tag team titles. And he deserves it because yeah. that would be the perfect ending to his career. He wants to end in WWE. He made that clear in interviews. And I would love to see him 
just that would just take the cake for him. You know, he's done so much in his career. He he pretty much was TNA at one point. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, you're, not. <laughs> you're not wrong. I'm he, not wrong. He was and, it, and he had to do a lot of work because of that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not just talking putting on matches, but I mean, he had to do a lot of he he just had to make the episodes happen. Right. And I mean, you know, it is what it is. He he put his he put his work in, he put his time in, he went to Japan. Um I think that he's a phenomenal wrestler. Uh he lives up to that status that he gave himself. Um yeah, I think that that match he had um the, the, it was basically a pretty classic match that he had um this past week for the Intercontinental Championship match against Daniel Bryan. Yes. I feel like that was a damn good match. The only thing I wish is I wish that he would have been babyface, and I wish that Daniel Bryan would still be the environmental fucking heel <laughs> that he was. I think he that would great. Made, I think that would have made it even better as a yeah. storyline. To yeah. be honest with you, that was the only thing that was missing for me in that match. It's the only thing from me giving it, you know, like a, a five star rating or whatever. But um, as but as wrestlers, good. Daniel Bryan and AJ really give good matches. I've, they they have oh, had yeah. their whole you know spiel in the past. Um, their storylines, and they they just always consistently have given good matches. Both great wrestlers. Can't take it away from them. But I know Kyle keeps up with Sasha and tell us <laughs> what is going on because I'm not up to date with everything going on in WWE. I know Seth Rollins came out with new music. He had a suit on. He had yeah, a glove on. He looked great. Uh, I think he's taking this Messiah thing to the next level, but he's doing a great job with it. And heel Seth is phenomenal. It's excellent. I love it. I hate face Seth. I want him to be a heel forever. But moving along, I just wanted to put that out there because I tweeted that out the other night. Um, What's going on with Sasha? I know you're such a big fan. Let's hear about her. Well, first of all, real quick on the Rollins thing, I call him Hollywood Rollins because of that glove, you know, Hollywood Hogan. Uh, um, But anyway, okay, so in my opinion, like I love Bailey as well, right? And I prefer Bailey as a heel because you can tell she really, I think she enjoys it more. So Bailey and Sasha have been together forever, right? I mean, they've been friends for a long time and. They've been tag team partners, but for weeks, months, we're talking here, months, there's been this buildup of, is Sasha going to turn on Bailey? And it's at some point or at one point you can actually see, yeah, is it going to happen? Are they, are they like, you know, selling it to make, you know, to make the other competitors think it's going to happen, but I think it's going to happen. And I was actually stunned that they had them win the tag team titles mm-hmm. for that reason, just because it seems like the buildup has been so big. And, and I thought, cause we don't know when arenas are going to become a thing again. So I thought maybe they're going to have this turn just happen. You know what I mean? Um, so I thought it would happen then during that match and it didn't. And they won. <laughs> and I was kind of like, Holy shit. Then they come out at Backlash as the champions and win, retain the titles. And uh, 
But leading up to that, like, Bailey keeps throwing Sasha under the bus. Like, she's thrown Sasha as a human shield against Tamina and, you know, a bunch of other wrestlers that want that title, right? So there's been a lot of times where Sasha's like, uh, what? You know, like, I'm not even dressed to wrestle or I wasn't supposed to wrestle tonight and you're speaking for me. You know what I mean? And she has that, she has that look like, uh, what are you doing? You know, you can't. You can't just kind of do this. And I, I see this huge bit. Now, it's kind of cooled down a little bit ever since they've been champions. But I think that's all part of Sasha's plan because um, they keep being asked about it. You know, Kayla Braxton, Renee, they ask him all the time. You know, a lot of people question your friendship or your relationship with each other. And they both have to reiterate all the time. You know, there's nothing that will get in between our friendship. And, and I think that that's a little obvious but intentionally obvious um because like i said i thought the turn was going to happen um, right but we think it could be that it's a like kind of a, like a long game type of play yeah. because covid you know kind of messed with the storylines for a bit there so, I now think they're, so now they're just planning you know planting these seeds of doubt in everybody's head and letting it fester i think they might be doing that um with Kenny omega and hangman i think the turn probably would have happened by now um but they're playing the long game because they want the crowd reaction. And I feel like that could be what they're doing with Sasha and Bailey too. Yeah, I, I think so. But I think it's, it's just because it's working so well also because like, you know, at, the, at WrestleMania where Sasha was in the mix for that title match that Bailey was in that elimination match, you know, um, Sasha kept eyeing that belt. You know, she wants that belt fact. She has never been the SmackDown women's champion. It's the only belt she hasn't had. So, you know what I mean? Like, the, the writing's on the wall. I think, yeah. yeah, I think the long game was the plan for the get-go. I mean, this has been happening for months. But I think, had there been crowds, it would have happened already. Um, but just if, you just, if you just watch, you know, body language goes a long way. And, you know, Sasha, she eyes that belt still like Bailey will be wearing the belt and Sasha's eyes wander, you know, like I want that belt and I don't, I don't care who's got it. Right. Um, I think what's going to happen is now that they're the tag champions, I think, you know, people will be gunning for them and Bailey will say, yeah, we'll give you a tag team title shot if you go through Sasha first. And I think that's going to happen a few times. And Sasha will finally just say, screw this, I'm, I'm done. Okay. And Charlotte Flair, sorry, just Charlotte Flair a few weeks ago even called it out. And I, I was like, holy shit, you know, Charlotte said what we've all been thinking. Like, Sasha, what are you doing? You, you're literally nothing more than Bailey's lackey slash bodyguard right now. Hmm. So they're kind of throwing her into the mix a little bit. Yeah. Is it true she's on all three shows, not to change the topic? No, no, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it is 100% true. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but no, it was, it was, it was, it was actually a freaking stellar promo, right? I mean, because like several times Bailey'd start talking and Charlotte's like, "I'm not talking to you," <laughs> you know, and would just like <laughs> talk directly through her to Sasha, like, "I'm talking to Sasha," you know, like, "Why are you allowing this to happen?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes, well, we're friends, we're friends, we're friends. So you can tell the embers are burning. They've been burning for a long time. And I think 
I think it's just going to be Bailey takes advantage one too many times, and Sasha is going to snap. Um, but I, I, I feel just because of how calculating she can be, I think she's going to – the turn will be obvious. But when she gets that, that match for the title, she's then she's going to just let all the rage out. You know what I mean? I, I think that that would actually be the coolest way to do it. Okay. I mean, I'm with you. I think that now if she gets the SmackDown Women's Championship – she is a Grand Slam champion, just like Bailey, right? Yep. Okay, so that would put even more animosity between them, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it gets Charlotte back in the mix, you know what I mean, too? So Charlotte stays <laughs> in the mix. That's, she is the mix. I can go, and I, lo- I like her. I can go. Oh, God. All right, mind your business. No, I'm kidding. I can go long periods of time without watching WWE, but one thing that doesn't change is Charlotte being the main event of everything. So, and I, I'm not mad at that. I like her, so mm-hmm. it is what it is. I, yeah, I don't hate her. It's just kind of yeah. weird. It's like oversaturation. A little bit. I, uh, I'm, I mean... Mm, a little bit. I'm trying to think if there's a motive behind that. And I don't, I don't know. It's called, she's a, it's called she's a blonde that Vince likes, and she's a flair. I don't want to be stereotypical. <laughs> I'm not being stereotypical. I'm saying Vince is being stereotypical, and that's why he's pushing this type of agenda. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's, that's the case, but I will tell you. Yeah, if, if you watch, if you, there's, a, there, there's so many things happening on SmackDown, right? And... Even with all the, the things, like, again, the Daniel Bryan-AJ match was incredible. Um, but even with all that and how awesome that was and the whole IC tournament was awesome. And, you know, Otis is hilarious all the time. And you got all these things happening and Miz and Morrison and their shenanigans. Sasha and Bailey is, is the, it's, it's, it's the hot thing right now. Okay, is it? Now, would you would you go as far as saying because I don't know? Would you go as far as saying that it is the hottest storyline in WWE right now? This does not include when I say WWE, I'm not including NXT. Okay, I'm um, saying straight WWE, Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, I'd say personally, yes, and it's kind of tied with the hacker thing, and and I think the hacker is going to have a part of play a role in this um, hold on one second i've watched i watched uh smackdown this past week i didn't see anything about a hacker i was just wait so the hacker right like was what are they doing with it kyle you watch smackdown right the, the hacker i'm telling you right now the hacker's coming back and i i i believe in my heart and I don't really. I, I need to have a better thought out reason. So I will think of. I will. I will put my thoughts together. <laughs> what have What have they been hacking? Well, uh, that's the whole. That's how Otis got his peach. I mean, w- without the hacker, Otis and Mandy wouldn't be together. Sonya Deville yeah, wouldn't be the ripping these incredible Sonya promos. Deville. What's that? The, the hacker exposed um, the text messages between Sonya Deville and uh, Yeah. Dolph Ziggler was it? No, I said. Y'all can think I'm nuts, and everybody will, but I think the hacker is Maurice. 
You did say that before. Yeah, so I'm going it. to put together a thought a thought about reason why I feel that way. How long and has it been off the air though? Because I haven't. It's been a couple it weeks. It's, it's coming. Okay. I'm telling you, it's coming. Okay. So he's gone, or he or she is gone, and they're just going to suddenly return and be like, ah, and in Kyle's mind, it's yes. Marie <laughs> who's going to come out. Yeah, you- I, I think so, and I think I think it, it's honestly it was moving so fast. Um, you know, I think that's another thing they're kind of waiting for. I know they're hoping to God there's some sort of crowd for SummerSlam. But I think as we head in deeper into the summer, um, the ha- and the hacker's not done with Mandy and Sonya and them either. The hacker is not done with it. There's more to that, I think. And um, I, I just I just think that, yes, it hasn't been on TV, but I think they had to kind of pump the brakes a little bit just because it was moving so quickly. Okay. And they're kind of playing it like some of the, the superstars are acting in a way like, um, you know, they're, okay, the, this hacker's gone now. I can go back to being an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and and I'm sorry, I'm talking so freaking much. I just get excited about it. But, um, yeah, no, I think. This is your niche. Talk about it. Yeah, I, I think, I think they, they, I think they just had to pump the brakes a little bit. Um, and, but, but I, I feel that the, the reveal is coming, um, leading up to SummerSlam. I, I really truly feel that way. Okay. And can we all be on board that we, we want to be safe and keep everyone protected and protect ourselves, but we are so ready to go back to wrestling shows. Can we yeah. all be in agreement with that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, speaking of. A, my AEW Blood and Guts show was pushed back from March 25th. Uh, it was pushed back to July 22nd. And now it got pushed to, so I don't remember the day, sometime in February of 2021. Wow. So yeah, I'm literally waiting a year uh, to go. And it's okay because it's going to be worth it. You know, yeah. with seats. Uh, but so leading into that, tell me, Chris, I'll start with you because Kyle just ended on the WWE note. Tell me your favorite show you've been to. And is it, do you travel for shows? Is it in your area? Where are you from? Tell me. I'm from, I'm from central Louisiana. Um, so most of the time when they have shows, it could be in Lafayette or for the bigger shows, it's probably going to be in the New Orleans area. So Stop. One second. Lafayette. Didn't you, were you at the show that had the absolute worst crowd in the history of wrestling? Yes, man, I was. <laughs> yes. I even tweeted about it. I got like I don't know, 2,000 likes and hundreds of retweets on it and everything. I, I personally apologize for the state of Louisiana. Kyle. How shitty the crowd was. That was you... the night I went I went to um, – that was the night that they announced that NXT guys were going to be on Raw for the first time ever. So it was like Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, Ciampa, um, all those guys, Ricochet. They were being announced by Triple H at the beginning of the episode, and they were all going to be on it. And – I was stoked for that, and the crowd was just garbage. <laughs> oh, God, that was the worst crowd in history of wrestling shows. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that, Kyle? I do. It hurts just to think about. 
I remember just being like, no one, it's like crickets. Like how, like, you know, I don't know what was was wrong with them. It was a very family heavy type situation. It was just a lot of families going just to go, just a lot of drunkards in, in the, uh, in the in, in the building it was just it was, a lot of it was what not a good, but drunk drunk people just they just went to just watch the show no not knowing who anybody was but you they would didn't think give a shit who it was they just wanted to get drunk and watch people beat each other you would think up. that drunk people would be louder i mean you would think but when they're introducing people that aren't Stone Cold Steve Austin. So it, it was a casual crowd, you're saying? Oh, a more absolutely. Casual. Okay. It was a casual, family-oriented crowd. And it was just, that's all it was. And it really wasn't that many people to begin with. Um, I almost didn't go to that show until they announced that NXT people were actually going to be on it. And I had to see that because, I'm, you know, big, way bigger NXT fan than I was overall. Were you, so, like, cheering by yourself in your Oh, section? I have a video. I have a video. <laughs> I recorded, I think I uploaded it to Twitter. I mean, this is years ago, so it's probably been deleted by now. But I, I recorded a video of the the first time Aleister Black actually rose from his, you know, his, his pedestal. I raised him up in the smoke. Uh, I recorded the video and I was screaming. I was the only motherfucker in the entire stadium screaming because <laughs> I was a huge Aleister Black fan. I'll, go, I'll get back to that in a second uh, when I talk about other shows. But yeah, I was the only one in the entire building it seemed like that was actually cheering for these nxt guys i i guarantee you i was probably in the half a percent of people in that building that actually watched nxt ever so wow anyway, that wasn't that, my favorite that wasn't my that best can't be your favorite to. that was but the show i went to <laughs> that's a famous show for no reason except the crowd being <laughs> the worst reason shitty yeah, and, and then everybody in my comments was saying how they should never go back. And I'm like, well, I, I want to see shit <laughs> still happen. Thank Oops. you very much. <laughs> but anyway, my I have uh, I have traveled to go to some shows. I, I went to Houston to uh, see an NXT house show. And I also went to Houston again to see a um, Ring of Honor um, TV taping. So I went, I went to do that a couple times. Those were fun. Um, that was actually the Ring of Honor show that I was going to. That was when Flip uh, injured his knees a couple weeks prior to that yeah. show. And he had a knee surgery. And I didn't get to see Flip on that. But I did get to meet um, Villain Enterprises. I signed up to meet Villain Enterprises. And I signed up to meet... Um, well, I met Marty Skrull one-on-one and PCO and uh, Breaking one-on-one. And then I... Um, also met, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, yeah, I, I met uh, Juice Robinson because he was with him at the time as well. So I met him uh, before the show and everything. But yeah, that was a fun show. But my favorite show that I ever went to was um, it was actually WrestleMania 34 weekend. Um, and I'm not going to say it was actually WrestleMania. It was actually TakeOver New Orleans, because that's the show I went to, and that was my favorite show that I've been to. Um, that was at the UNO Lakefront Arena in New Orleans, and that was the night that um, it was Champa Gargano, um, the first battle, the, the first of the trilogy, I guess you could say. And that was the same night that Aleister Black uh, beat Andrade for the title. Um, that was the... the what was it six man uh tag match for the first inaugural first ever uh 
North American Championship, where Adam Cole won. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot, a lot of huge matches, a lot of storyline culminations, um, beginnings of storylines, great, great things happening. That that was my favorite show that I ever been to. That was epic as shit. Did you and then go? I saw WrestleMania the following night. Yeah. Okay, you went to WrestleMania. I yeah, I went to the whole damn thing. I went to I went to Takeover. I went to WrestleMania. I went to Raw. I went to SmackDown. Ugh. Yep. Okay. I'm not and saying it's bad, game. but I I mean just going to WrestleMania Four myself. In a row. I was like <laughs> drunk. Like I had a hangover the next day. I couldn't even. <laughs> and I didn't drink so. But. Yeah. I saw AJ Styles turn heel against. Uh, I'm sorry, Shinsuke. Uh turn heel on against AJ at WrestleMania when he low blowed him and everybody was shocked about that. Saw that live. But your favorite show was My favorite show Takeover. Was Takeover New Orleans. Absolutely. Barnard. Yep. Kyle? Yes. So the area you're from, uh, I would assume you've been to shows by you. Tell yes. us where you're from and your favorite show. I'm from Cincinnati. It's a uh, it's a strange place. So, my favorite show was the December 26, 2019 holiday tour, SmackDown, whatever, whatever the shit, um, <laughs> at the arena down in Cincinnati. So it was an awesome show. The card was stellar. What I love most about it is it was my kid's first show. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, she's a huge Bailey fan, even though, you know, ba- <laughs> this was back in the time where Bailey was still on that, um, you know, stop cheering for me stuff. So um, I, I just I thought the production was really well done because um, I'd never been to a WWE live before. Right. I've been to a SmackDown like, you know, taping, DVD taping. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'd never been to a live. So it's totally different. Um, it seemed to be a lot more, a lot more loose. The matches are a lot longer, and there there was like 13 matches. It was crazy. Um, you know, the Fiend was there. He defended against the Miz and Daniel Bryan. That was cool as hell. Um, but yeah, obviously we loved when uh, Bailey and Sasha came out. Bailey had a match against Lacey Evans, and uh, so you know we're we're all cheering for Bailey and and everything and uh sasha banks so i took a picture of them as they're walking out and she runs over to me and was like no you, you can't no not without our permission and she took took my phone and i was like i'm not even mad right sasha because, took your phone yeah and she's like no you, you got to get my permission first and i was like you're the boss and she's like damn right <laughs> and i was wearing my legit ball shirt and she gave it back and my kid was wearing her bailey as my role model shirt <laughs> so about midway through the match you know, Bailey's owning Lacey and uh, people are booing, booing Bailey and me and Cassie stand up and we start, we're like, go Bailey, go Bailey. And she yells, don't you cheer for me, right? And then Sasha ran over and she says, uh-uh, not you again. No, I'm done with you, right? So it was just, it was just a great time because it seemed to be much more interactive, you know what I mean? Um, and we were right there front row. Uh, right at the corner so it was uh, it was just it was super cool we had a great time that sounds like fun and i'm sure your daughter enjoyed every single minute of it yeah she was she loved when i got yelled at she cracked up <laughs> it was hilarious so that that wasn't a tv taping that was just a live event that was yep. like um a house show i guess yep. you can call it yep and yep. i yep. loved everything about it yeah 
Yeah, they're way more interactive in those mm-hmm. types of shows. Everything's a lot looser. Well, there was a uh, so the opening match was actually uh, Kofi and Big E against uh, the the B team. Uh, what's his name? Bo Dallas and uh, what's his ass? Kurt Axel. Uh, yeah. Kurt Axel. Curtis. So at one point in the match, <laughs> freaking Big E lowers his singlet down like he's got Curtis Axel, you know, all jacked up, and he's doing a like a you know, a, he's bending him over his knee and he pulls his freaking singlet down and acts like he's going to breastfeed him. And what? Wait, hold yeah, on. Wait a minute. Just, Whoa, it was, hila- I was like, because, because <laughs> leading up to that, I think like Curtis Axel had spanked him and he put in like the whole place just erupted in laughter. And Bo Dallas like almost fell off the ring apron because he was laughing his ass off. I'm just like, you know, you won't see that on TV, right? So, so was, do you, you think that was an improv there? Yeah, oh, total improv. Like, <laughs> total hilarious. improv. And that's why it killed him, right? They're just like, oh, my God, this is – like, Kofi, like, lost it. He had to, he had to step down and walk around the, the ring for a second because he was laughing. And uh, the I don't remember who was the ref, but he actually had to turn around and cover his mouth because he was <laughs> – it, it was total just – you didn't expect that, right? If I had a million guesses, I wouldn't assume Biggie would try and breastfeed Curtis Axel. That is, like, hearing <laughs> it, you know, you're kind of like, what the fudge? It was so weird. It, like, yeah, it's weird. That is really weird. It was, it was, it was funny as hell, though. Like, if you if you saw it, and like, it was just great because they all broke character, right? Every one of them did <laughs> because it was just so crazy. And you know what? That's the best part about the going to a live show as opposed yep. to a TV taping because they just they give you they give the audience a little more because it's not rehearsed. It's rehearsed. Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna say the wrong words, uh, but they can be more themselves, like Chris was saying. So um, they're more interactive. They're more likely to come around and sign your your whatever you have papers and um, high five you and take your phone (laughs) in your case and um, apparently attempt to breastfeed people, which (laughs) I would have felt about that. Very weird, but that's pretty awesome. Um, Have you been to other shows too? Like, have you been to a, um, like a WrestleMania or, Anything like pay-per-view? No, like I went to a WCW pay-per-view back in the day. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, well, I was, I was like 11. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside, I haven't been to a like a WWE pay-per-view or anything. I want to, or just really any pay-per-view, honestly. I think that'd be cool as hell. But When I was really um, young, I went to a um, WCW Thunder taping. Oh, my shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was fucking awesome. The only thing I remember from it, it, I don't remember what point of the storyline it was. Like, it was around the time it was, you know, Sting versus NWO. The, the Wolf Pack wasn't quite there yet. and But I just remember Sting coming down the, from the Raptors and beating the shit out of everybody with a bat at the end. Um, mm-hmm. That, you know, that, that just stuck in my mind. Uh, That's probably the only thing. I, I don't know why that's the only thing I can remember from it, but I guess it's, uh, I was so young, but. And I was a huge Sting fan at the time, so. But yeah, I did go to a WWE live event as well. I did get to uh, shake Bray Wyatt's hand. Um, 
he it was like the main event of that live event was Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt. Of course, Bray Wyatt lost, but um, Roman Reigns was you know going around the guardrail, signing autographs and everything mm-hmm. for like thirty minutes, and Bray Wyatt was off to the side, uh, kind of up the up, up the ramp, and I got to I got to shake his hand and stuff during live events. So yeah, I, I agree with you. They they are way more interactive during the live shows for sure. The non-tape yeah, shows. It, it is. Um, I've been to every single different type. Um, I've been to a few Raws, two Smackdowns. Yeah, I have been to a few Smackdowns. I've been to house shows, WrestleMania, pay-per-views, and was hoping to go to Dynamite, but, you know, that's <laughs> on hold. Uh but it's coming though. It's coming. It's coming. I'm just yeah. impatient. Mine's December second, so hopefully that'll be my new favorite show when <laughs> December second rolls around, if I can That's even go. Awesome. Well, I'm sure it will be, but you know, when we get there, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, I got, I gotta say, so it's gonna be odd, but my favorite, because some of the house shows, their storylines don't really add up to what's going on. TV sometimes right. because there might be a last minute replacement or something like I noticed that going to a few um for whatever reason in 2018 I just spent like my whole year going to shows and <laughs> since I'm in the New York New Jersey area they're here all the time WWE yeah they're here a lot like there were a lot of shows I the NXT they did was literally around the corner from my house which was fantastic um, they did a few shows there, which were great. My favorite, though, was in Atlantic City at the Hard Rock Cafe. They did a show in the Hard Rock Cafe arena. It's small. Um, and I'm going to say it's, and AJ was WWE champion. Maybe that's why I went so much during 2018, but it's my favorite because that was the first time in all my years of going, like my dad used to take me back in the day, but this was the first time that I had front row seats. And it was, my, I've had ramp seats. Uh, they're cool. Uh, it's fun. They, you know, shake your hand coming down, you get good videos of them, but f- there nothing beats front row. No. Like I was like shocked because, you know, apparently the row we were in had, a lot of stand-ins because the row wasn't filled enough. Oh, sh- can I say that? Whatever. There were a lot of people that were, like, in suits, you know. And they, there were a few of us that weren't. So where we were, a lot of the wrestlers were fighting literally, like, right in front of us. Because they I, maybe they knew that the rest were, like, suits, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess fill-ins. So there were a few of us in the row that weren't. And, um... So they were, like, fighting right there, and I always, I think I posted a few pictures, but AJ was, like, right there. Like, I could touch him. I have shaken his hand before, but, I like, he was there wrestling. Like, like I saw him fly over the top rope. Like, I was like, this is my dream come true. I don't need to go to another show again. <laughs> yeah, this that's is awesome. perfect. Uh, I mean, so that's freaking awesome. That was my best. And plus, I love Atlantic City because I'm there all the time. So it's easy <laughs> enough. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean. Well, that's where all your casinos are, huh? It was in the casino, Chris. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah it was your favorite one. Like, you that's go, cool, though. 
You, you go with it. You didn't gamble after. <laughs> you, you, well, I didn't because my son was there. But to make it a little <laughs> more personal, actually, my son was with me, of course, because I don't think there's been any show I went to without him. Um, and he was, like, waving to Lana. And she was over at the time with Rusev Day. And she had her Lana Day shirt on and she ripped it off and gave it to him. And she was like, so nice to him. And, uh, you know, we still have it. Um, it was just, he, he was like, oh my God, Lana gave me her shirt. I love her. And I'm like, yeah, this is a pretty cool experience for both of us. Um, yeah. yeah, so that was, that was my favorite. I did get to go backstage at a SmackDown. AJ oh, wow. was. AJ was back there, and um, I was too scared to talk to him. But that wasn't my favorite show, so we could talk about that another time about our meeting wrestling. Can you explain to me? Can you explain to me how you have the balls to go see MJF, but you don't have the balls <laughs> to talk to AJ Styles? Okay. How does that work? Okay. Okay. All right. Back. This was maybe 2017, the end of 2017, maybe. And um, I do know someone who knows Mike Kyoto or is related to Mike Kyoto, and we went with him. And um, he took us backstage after the show. And I was still in my timid and shy stage with rest. Like, like I wasn't as outgoing as I am now. I was, like, very reserved at that time, and, like, I had a lot going on, and my depression was kicked in 100%. But I, I was fully aware when I walked into catering that that was AJ sitting there. And um, I just had no balls at the time to go up to him or to say to Mike, hey, you know, like, uh, it's AJ Styles. And also, like, I felt like I was invading his space because – I paid a ticket. I paid money to meet MJF. So there's a difference. I don't know if I saw MJF out somewhere. I would go up. To, you know what I mean? Like it's different. Um, AJ was done with his match sitting in the back relaxing. Who am I to go up to him and be like, hey, I'm Maria. I'm a big fan. Like, I don't know. I just didn't want to disturb his peace also at the time. Gotcha. That makes more sense now. <laughs> But MJF, I'll d- probably disturb his – I probably would disturb his peace if I <laughs> saw him in public. But there's something about AJ that I, I get very nervous around him. I I just admire him a lot. That's all. That I mean, that's it. And we're pushing an hour, guys. But mm-hmm. But I tweeted out something. It's still wrestling related, yet it's kind of personal, and I want your opinion on it. So I'm gonna yeah. ask you really quick: um, Would you like the idea of going on a date to a wrestling show, and even better, is going to on your first date? On your first date to a wrestling show. When I say first date, I mean, like, maybe you already went and got coffee or, you know, you did something small together. I say, like, 
you're going to go on a first date not knowing each other at all. But I meant, like, first, like, big deal date, you know? Like, would you do that? Does that sound interesting? Would that be fun? Tell me. Kyle? Yeah, so I personally would love that. Now, I've never been with somebody, this is girlfriends prior to my ex-wife, her, and then the one I've had after, who was into wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) So... I think it would be badass, and I love that because it's. I think dates are great when you're in an environment where you can communicate and have fun, and the communication doesn't always have to be like targeted questions to get to know them. It's more like you're in a natural environment. Does that make any sense at all? Like, you know, I wouldn't have a problem being myself because. Even if I was trying to hold back, I think I I would just get excited at one point and my real self would come out. And if at the end of the date she's not into that, then she's not into it, right? And I still had a great time. But you're talking about at a wrestling show. Right. Because you're comfortable there and you you know the whole vibe of it because you've been, right? Like that that's exactly where I was going with my post. Mm -hmm. And it is tough. I don't really think I dated a wrestling fan either. Come to think of it. But it would be even better if, like, you're in a relationship. And I've had, obviously, people who are I was in a relationship with who have gone to shows with me. But it's it's different when they're not a wrestling fan because they're not as into it as you are. So right. I wouldn't want to go on a first date to a wrestling show with someone who or a date at all to a wrestling show with someone who isn't a wrestling fan I guess you'd have to be a wrestling fan you'd have to have that same passion that I have yeah Yeah, sorry I don't think I don't think I explained it well that's what I was going for right if we were both interested yeah I don't think that has to be the case though guys I I'm living it right now actually um so I, I okay so start start from the beginning here I don't think that it's a good first date or first big date thing because I, um, you you want to get to know that person on a you know you want to feel the connection and get on a deeper level with them or at least try and figure out if that's what you want to do and I don't think a, a wrestling show is actually going to provide an outlet for that be a good place for that but after you've gotten to know the person then I think it'd be a good outlet for it now I'm currently engaged and right now. I, we, she, she's not a huge wrestling fan, but she, she watches it with me because it's on the television. So, <laughs> um, but I mean, she, 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 she does, you know, she, she knows I enjoy it. So she spends time with me to watch it and she provides insight and gives me, you know, her feedback on the, on the things. So she's, she's the casual fan, I guess you could say in quotes, but you can still, have those types of outings um we still have those types of outings we we she goes to wrestling shows with me she she she's went to the ones in houston she's went to wrestlemania she you know she went to all those all those things with me so um i don't think you necessarily have to be a wrestling fan um you can be just like you know a casual watcher and still go and enjoy it with your spouse um i have my reservations about that (laughs) I need somebody who's going to be, and your opinion is 
valid. I'm not invalidating your opinion. That's that's on you. Me personally, I I would go if the person put the passion into it. If they're just going to sit there and ask me questions about, well, who's this and what's going on, then you're taking away from my whole entire experience. Like I, oh yeah, no, no, I'm not there. that level. Not, not to the point where they yeah. don't know anything about it. But like I said, she she watches it with me, and she understands she understands all the characters and such. And you know, she watches it enough to know that much, so she doesn't have to ask those questions. Right, and I also need some, and the same applies when I go to concerts. I need someone who's going to stand up and be just as crazy as I am because I'm crazy. Like I want well, to be all, in, in the crazy section. Yeah, that boils down to. <laughs> Go to the first date, get to know the person first. <laughs> and then when you find somebody that has that passion, then you move on to go to those types of outings. But if you... That's my I, stance on it. Yeah. yeah, I get that. But I think if you... I, to me, if you can be natural, right, in, in an environment like that, I think you learn a lot more about the person. Right, yeah. Than and you, you do when you go... Cause, and sorry to cut you off. No. If, if you go to, like, out to eat or something, it always seems like it's got to be so scripted or i've always been guilty of not 100 percent being myself you're right you're, you're putting on a kind of not an act but you're you're making it more like you know it's almost like you're in an interview right <laughs> right yeah. am i am i right like you go out to dinner on a first date and you're kind of just like the same questions every single time it's like an interview, like, so what do you do for work? Or, you know, like, you know, how's your job going? What do you do for fun? It's the same questions all the time. And you're eating across from this person. I don't like dinner dates. Take me for coffee, yeah, maybe. Take me to the beach, maybe. Take me to a wrestling show. I'm with you, Kyle. Like, let's go have fun. Yeah. And there's times where you could talk, you know, like there's intermissions. Um, I wouldn't say go to a TV taping your first time, maybe a, you know, live show. But because there, there's a lot more intermissions. There's a lot more. There's no commercials that are on the Titantron uh, going right. by the WWE standard. Um, you have a lot more downtime, actually, where you can sit and talk how you enjoy in it. Like, you know let's go get some popcorn or like, and then you could talk in the line. I mean, there is definitely, there's definitely that advent, a little bit of adventure to it. Yeah. I've always thought a great date is a, is something like that, like a first date or something competitive. Yeah. Um, I I think you learn a lot about people (laughs) when you're, when they're in those types of environments. You do. And on a different level too. And a first date for wrestling show, I would totally do, again, if the person was into wrestling. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm looking for a date. (laughs) Just giving, this is just a, this is a hypothetical. Like, I'm not saying I don't, you know, think that I'm trying to date anyone or I have a wrestling fan in mind. Not, um. I'm just giving hypotheticals because I did post that because that's just a question that popped into my head. Like literally last minute, I'm like, hey, I wonder how many people would go to a wrestling show as a date because that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. And even your situation, Chris, you're engaged and 
the fact that your fiance will go with you, that's cool to me. I think that's awesome as long as she's having fun too. Yeah. Chalk it up to the same premises like, you know, going to a concert, going to, you know, sporting event. It's different types of fun. All right. Off topic because we have a little bit of time left. We can go off topic. What's like your ideal first date? Like, where would you go? Other, it can't be wrestling show because because we just right. talked about that. So let <laughs> I'm I'm hitting you with this. This is like you know on the spot. Give me something. Okay, uh, so I will. I, I have two options here, and you know where I'm from, Cincinnati, hotter than balls in the summer. So <laughs> I, I say this kind of jokingly, but serious at the same time. Go to a water park because if she's very heavy into makeup, that's just gonna wash <laughs> off. Um, to and or and, and or do something competitive like i don't know if you're familiar with top golf it's like a driving range with a scoring system do something yeah, yeah. competitive because nothing brings out what's what's deep inside a human like competition so that, I'm sorry. That's, like i said the first thing was joking but serious at the same time um and if you're comfortable enough to do that it kind of puts you both on the spot, so why the hell not, right? Are you talking about the, you know, being without the makeup type thing? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean, fair enough. There's some, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not heavy on the makeup. I don't really wear it, so I don't, that wouldn't bother me, I guess. Like, my first date, I probably will not show up in makeup. Um, It's just <laughs> going to be me, like, you know, just me. So uh, I, I can kind of see where you're coming from, I guess. But then again, you know, think putting on makeup to make yourself feel good is a fantastic feeling. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to comment on that, really. <laughs> like I said, it's kind of just, I mean, in all honesty, something, something competitive is definitely the way to go, I think. Like you're, you would do top golf. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I would do like mini golf or something. Cause right. I do have a competitive Anything. side, and I'd be yeah. like, you know, uh, <laughs> we're going to keep playing until I beat you. So the right. date like if you go and, like, <laughs> you know, halfway through, like, you're playing mini golf, and one of you beats the shit out of the windmill, <laughs> you're going to think this person might have, like, issues that would not have risen up had we gone to eat. <laughs> you know, unless yeah, they no, you're right. ate you're their right. food. You're, you're kind of more real when you're you're right. doing something like that. You're You're – a hundred percent dead on. You're real. Uh, fuck a dinner date. If anybody ever asked me on a dinner date, I'd be like, hell no. And it's not because I don't eat in front of guys. I will eat in front of anybody. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is, it's so fucking awkward. Like, give me something different. A dinner date? Well, we're married. We can have a dinner date. Like, let's do something, do something fun. fun. I mean, yeah. yeah. Let's be natural. Let's be comfortable. Okay, and Chris, you're engaged, but hypothetically, or maybe you have a story to tell us about your first date. <laughs> I feel bad now because uh, I'm just the boring conservative guy who <laughs> does the fucking dinner date. Sorry. So, <laughs> I just was like going to mute myself from here on out and let y'all finish out the podcast because... Uh, uh. That's really all it is. Like, uh, I just, there's not much to do down here 
like, like think of all the wrestling shows that you guys get up north, where you're from. I mean, we get we get like a wrestling show like twice a year down here for Lucky. I gotta go out of state just to get to more than two a year. So, but we're that, not. That gives you any indication of like how much, how many different activities there are to do down here. That that is a you know an indicator no. of how many. I'm gonna call you out on this. How long does it take for you to get from where you live to New Orleans? Three and a half hours. All right, it's far. All right, all right. That, I mean, like, that's okay. But for me to go to New York City sitting in traffic could take the same amount of time. Yeah. Okay, but I'm still going to do it if it's going to be worth it. So you're telling me there's nothing to do in New Orleans as a first date? I, I find that odd. I'd wait. I'm, I'm, not like, driving th- I'm not driving three and a half hours to go to New Orleans for not a, first a first date. Not a first date, I guess, maybe, like. Well, maybe I would. I don't know. Kyle, would you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck, Chris? But I'm also Sorry. beyond. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a lonely man. So. <laughs> well, I mean, regardless, though, even if you weren't, like, you know, you you would, you would go for that adventure, though, right? Like, yeah. Take the risk or lose the chance. That's what I posted on well, my Instagram. I deleted you, it. You guys are. You guys are single, so y'all go take the risk. <laughs> I'll sit back and save my gas money. <laughs> so your first date with your fiance was dinner. Burger and fries. Jesus. All right. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. The burger's good. At least you didn't go for like some fancy shit because that would kill No, me. man. I went to a place that had a peanut butter bacon burger. Oh. It is incredible. It's fucking amazing. If you haven't had peanut butter on a burger... Find a place near you and get one. Okay, and on that note, I think that that's a great <laughs> way to end this podcast tonight. I agree. Uh, because I want to talk more about that next week. Peanut butter on a burger is yes. the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Um, it's almost <laughs> as bad as pineapple on pizza. But oh, we'll we're going to talk about that too. We oh, will save yes. food for next week. So. I'm signing off. Hope to see you back for episode five. Wow. That'll be a milestone where we talk about a lot of food. So (laughs) peace out. Peace. See y'all later.